Let's continue. This is the motion to dismiss for destroying exculpatory evidence. Now, this is huge. These are huge claims, right? So you have the state of Indiana plaintiff versus Richard Allen. Comes now accused Richard Allen by and through counsel Andrew Baldwin and Bradley Rossi, uh, pursuant to the 5th and 6th, 14th Amendments to the United States Constitution, uh, moves this court to dismiss charges against the accused for destroying exculpatory evidence in violation of the standards set out in Brady versus Maryland. That's huge. These are some big accusations. In support of said motion, the accused states the following. Uh, Richard Allen stands accused of murdering two two victims on or about February 13, 2017. Since receiving discovery on this case, the defense has unearthed significant evidence that third parties named Brad Holder and Patrick Westfall were involved in the murders. That evidence is critical uh, to the theory of the defense. All right. So we also have to remember that when you go back to that 136-page memorandum or document that Richard Allen's defense team dropped on Odinus, you know, they mentioned when it came to the the Odinus theory and uncovering the evidence that uh, was there about possibility of Odinus being involved, that was hidden from them. They had to go and find that. I, I found that to be kind of odd and suspicious. And I'm not one for big conspiracies and things like that. And I try to look at things logically and try to explain things with, you know, using critical thinking. But the the, the stuff that keeps coming up on here, I mean, I got to call a spade a spade, you know, and be honest about this. This is some weird stuff. And, and the way that this is acting or the way that the prosecution and law enforcement is acting in this case or how they you know, are coming about this case and trying to try this man is concerning. I still have I still think that Richard Allen did have a part in this case. You know, the timeline is pretty tight. You know, I think he was there. I think he was on the bridge. Now, was there somebody else involved? Were there other people there? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But the way this is going, if it was him. I'm starting to get nervous that, you know, those little girls aren't going to get justice if it was him, just because regardless of anything, I think that it's going to be very difficult to find this guy guilty uh, amongst 12 jurors, you know, given what we know already and the issues that they've already had to go through. You know, it's going to be a big hurdle to get a conviction on this one, 100%, in my opinion. The defense would incorporate into this motion the contents of, the, of a Frank's memorandum that was filed with this court on September 18, 2023 which provides the details of the evidence that supports Brad Holders and Patrick Westfall's involvement in the murders. In the discovery, the defense found a document dated February 17, 2017, so that's about four days after the fact, that appears to be an FBI report memorializing an interview of Brad Holder. Contained within the document are these words. The below is an interview summary. It is not intended to be verbatim. Account does memorialize all statements made during the interview. Communications by parties in the interview room were electronically recorded. The recording captures actual words spoken, emphasis added. So in that document that they got, there is claims that there is an interview and that there are recordings of this interview, whether it's just verbatim. Also in discovery, the defense found a document dated February 19, 2017, that appears to be uh, memorialized in an interview with Patrick Westfall. The report itself does not indicate whether the interview was recorded, although the defense would expect the standard procedure would require video and audio recording of all statements. It depends. You know, it depends on where where it occurred. You know, I would I would think that you would try, you know, to to try to record that interview. But, you know, if you're having a hard time getting the guy to come into the station, right, let's just say you're the investigator and you're having a hard time getting this guy to come in and you're the detective, you know, you go to his house and, and let's just say he starts talking to you and he's, he's willing to talk to you either at his house or inside the vehicle or his vehicle. All right. And if he's controlling that situation as to where you're at, there might be an issue with trying to record if, you know, the intention was to bring him back to the station and record in an interrogation room or even in the patrol vehicle that may be equipped with uh, video surveillance to record. You know, that's where 
you would expect that. But, you know, there are situations where that doesn't come into play. Uh, why they don't have, you know, the first one, I'm not sure. You know, why they don't have um, holders is concerning. After locating this document, the defense sought a copy of the recording detailed in February 17, 2017 report uh, so that the defense could listen to the exact spoken words of Brad Holder during this interview. That is vital to Allen's defense, particularly the statements that the author of the document admits were not memorialized in the document. Also, the defense requested a copy of all audio video of Patrick Westfall's interview that was memorialized in February 19, 2017 uh, report. On September 8, 2023, the prosecutor communicated in a letter that there were no audio or video interviews of Brad Holder or Patrick Westfall available. Prosecutor McLeland offered no explanation as to why these didn't exist. Before the defense had an opportunity to investigate the reasons why these material pieces of evidence were not available, Prosecutor McLeland called for the disqualification of attorney Rossi and Baldwin as Richard Allen's lawyers. Now, I, I get that it looks suspicious given the timing in which those things had occurred, but there was some pictures leaked and the process in and re, in disqualifying those attorneys uh, went around that process. And I'd be one thing if, you know, the leaked pictures happened early on in this investigation, early on as they were appointed, and it didn't get brought up until this point. That wasn't the case. It was, uh, it was brought up, it was found, it was discovered, and then the process of uh, disqualifying began. You know, the investigation started and, and so on and so on. So it wasn't like all of a sudden it came out of nowhere, for one, and two, it wasn't an extremely long time where, you know, it's obvious that that's what they were doing. I just want to throw that out there. Judge Gold, without a great deal of hesitation, said she was leaning toward granting McClellan's request. Ultimately, Judge Gold caused Rosie and Baldwin to be taken off the case. This occurred before Baldwin and Rosie learned of why the crucial videotape interviews were missing. On January 31st, 2024, after being reinstated to the case, the prosecution turned over discovery to the defense, including a letter cataloging the evidence that the prosecutor was turning over to the defense. Contained on page five, paragraph five of the itemization of discovery are these words that explain Brad Holder's missing videotape interview and Patrick Westfall's missing interview if one existed. Due to a DVR program error discovered in 9-20-2017, all recordings up to February 20th, 2017 were recorded over. There is no detectable audio found on this drive. That's crazy. I don't know, first and foremost, who would have taken these interviews if that was, you know, uh, Carroll County or if it was the Indiana State Police. But if it were, you know, Indiana State Police and their detectives, I find this very difficult to believe because back in the early 2010s, late 2000s, the departments that I was, you know, working with and aware of and, and every department that I knew at the time. And of course, it's different. You know, I'm, I'm in Texas, but all of those had detectives. The, the, they weren't using DVRs. It says a DVR program error. So the way it used to work was you would get a, um, you would have all your stuff stored on a video or on a disc, and then you'd have to take it out and, and turn that into evidence um, every so often, right? Uh, the computer in your, uh, on your, or the camera in your, in your patrol unit will tell you when it's full or when it's about to be full and it needs to be replaced. You know, they let it lapse and then record it over it. That's, that's real suspicious to me. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And I think that this is going to end up hurting this case. I remember Brad Holder and Patrick Westfall were interviewed during this very short window of uh, February 14th through the 20th, within days of the murders. Uh, the videotape interviews were deleted by the police. It is unknown what other interviews were deleted during this relevant time frames. And that's the other thing. If they were actually like deleted, deleted, you know, from my knowledge, when it comes to those type of things, it takes a high ranking officer. And usually, typically, it's only like a handful of officers that have access and control of deleting any type of video surveillance. So uh, either dash cam or or body cam, things like that. Uh, it wasn't just like the, the, the officer can go in there and delete it. That was it was impossible. 
like if I was on patrol and something were to happen and I wanted to do, to delete it, I had, I, I couldn't, there was no way I could, I had no access for it. No, none of those things. There was one guy, uh, maybe two guys outside of the chief who had access into getting into that. And, and if deleting it was a possibility, if you try to delete it, I think it would even notify, you know, your upper command that something, something weird was going on. A destruction of material interviews of key suspects early in the investigation demonstrates negligence, if not intentional conduct of the part of the state. How could law enforcement, while investigating the most serious of crimes, record over interviews of material suspects with, re with reckless intentionality? I agree. I agree 100 percent. As material part of this defense, Richard Allen is expected to direct attention toward Brad Holder and Patrick Westfall as being involved in the murders of these two young victims. The evidence will allow to show that Richard Allen does not know Brad Holder or Patrick Westfall, and therefore Richard Allen had nothing to do with the murders. I mean, you don't necessarily have to know those two individuals to be involved in the murders. I believe those two individuals had, you know, um, an alibi during the time of the murders. And th that doesn't necessarily mean that they didn't direct people to commit this crime. Now, we have, was it Mercer, I think was his name, was the connection between Patrick Westfall and uh, Elvis Fields. Now, from my knowledge, Elvis Fields, or from what's out there, Elvis Fields doesn't necessarily know Patrick Westfall or vice versa. They haven't met. They don't know each other. He was a person that was wanting to be recruited, right? So is it possible that, you know, Richard Allen may not have known those guys, but was in conversation with some of the guys that he had yeah, that were part of that Odinist group? And maybe perhaps he wasn't yet a part of it. And so you're, you're looking at persons that are, are recruits. I mean, how much interaction does a recruit have with the leader of a group? When it comes to this type of scenario, you know, there's a lot of a lot of members in this group. You get what I'm saying? I hope that makes sense. So I don't think that because necessarily they're not involved, that means he has nothing to do with it. I think that's a that's a pretty far out there statement. You know what I mean? This destroyed videotape interview of Holder and Patrick Westfall, if ever existed, is expected to contain evidence that could provide exculpatory evidence and material evidence in support of Richard Allen's defense. If the recording of Westfall was, ne was never secure, that too is uh, is purposeful or negligent failure to preserve material on the culpatory evidence. And the other thing is, too, the reason why you want it is you want to be able to compare and contrast with what their statement was in the past to what their statement may be once they take the stand. Right. So if um, Patrick Westfall says that, you know, or let's put it Brad Holder, he said that he was at the gym and he got there at two o'clock. And if, you know, under conversation or, or up there on the stand, he says that he didn't get there until three o'clock. Well, or at one o'clock earlier than he said he was, you know, that's a, that's a difference of what he had said. And perhaps maybe uh, there's more that he's trying to hide. Right. Experienced defense lawyers fully understand the significance of comparing and contrasting the accuracy of credibility. This is just what I said. The credibility of one's video and audio tape statement with the information that is represented by law enforcement officers and police reports or summaries. It is thorough this process that Richard Allen would have been able to challenge the veracity of the statements of Holder and Westfall. However, the statements intentionally are negligent or negligent destruction of the original recordings deprive the accused of such opportunity. Uh, the state's actions have deprived the defense the ability to share to compare Brad Holder's words from February 2017, only three days after the victim's murder, to the evidence that was unearthed over the next several weeks, months, and years. This would have allowed Richard Allen to determine whether Holder's story was consistent with unknown evidence at the time of Holder's first statement and whether it is consistent or inconsistent with the future testimony uh, that be that trial uh, testimony or disposition testimony or statements made to other persons slash witnesses. That's very true. That's exactly what I was saying right before I read that. In any criminal investigation, the interview of potential witnesses must be preserved, uh, such as the precise words of Holder and Westfall in their 2017 interviews, because an additional information is developed. Reviewing prior to statements may reveal inconsistencies or raise questions about other interviews because the additional information uh, is developed. Reviewing prior 
statements may reveal inconsistencies or raise questions about witnesses or other information relevant to the unbiased investigation. Without an actual audio video that would provide an exact word spoken from Brad Holder's mouth, the accused Richard Allen will never ever be able to know exactly how many inconsistencies existed in the original statement of Brad Holder and Patrick Westfall when compared to the evidence that was later discovered in future testimony. Holder and Westfall, nor can Richard Allen challenge the credibility of Holder and Westfall in the light of subsequently discovered evidence. <clears throat> and that's huge too. I mean, you got you have to wonder why, right? Like why why is this destroyed or missing? Now, if we put our conspiracy hats on. Uh, and we can say, all right, so this was deleted by somebody higher up. Maybe perhaps they said something in the initial interview that didn't jive with something that they found later. And so that person that's higher up then now has to go and delete that information, knowing that their story no longer jives with the evidence. And I think that's what they're trying to say. What they're trying to say is that law enforcement maybe perhaps found some information later on after their initial testimony that contradicts what they say. And if so, they will never know about it. And I think that's an issue. You know, I, I think that's a huge issue. Now, is it possible that it got recorded or, you know, and this was just an accident? Maybe. I mean, if we look at how the arrest of Richard Allen came about, they lost his statement for five years. So if that's the case, it does seem like a history of negligence and incompetence at the very least. Like I said, even if it was Brad Holt, let's just say it was Pat, Brad Holder and Patrick Westfall. Because of the arrest of Richard Allen and the evidence that they have against him, you know, his statement that he was there, the 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 bullet that has the extraction marks that match his 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 own gun, it's gonna be difficult to prove anybody else was involved or or that he wasn't the guy either. So this is gonna turn into a situation where if Richard Allen ends up winning this dismissal, I find it very unlikely that anyone will be found guilty for this crime at any point. That's just sad and it's horrible. You know, no justice for these little girls. And, you know, I'm just calling a spade a spade and being honest with that. Uh, I find that it's going to be very difficult, in my opinion. All right, let's consider. Let's continue. Furthermore, Allen is deprived of the ability to confront either suspect with their own words, contradicting self-serving testimony that may offer throughout the investigation. On August 30, 2023, following dispositions in the state of Indiana, law enforcement learned the defense believed Brad Holder to be an actor in the murders. Law enforcement finally re-interviewed Holder for what is believed to be the first time since 2017. While in 2017, according to the memorialized report, Brad Holder told law enforcement that he never met Abby Williams and was who was purportedly dating his son. The story changed in 2023 when I talked to law enforcement. In 2023, Holder uh, told the interview at 3909 Mark, I barely even knew that girl. I met her once. Oh, so there is changes. And I think that once you have this one change, that's an issue. And, you know, memory is a, is a tricky thing to right? as length of time continues, memory continues to fade and accuracy continues to fade and the ability for contradicting statements arise. You know, that's kind of like when we talk about the, you know, Brian Koberger case and and why I think that they're stalling. It's something like this, if that makes sense. Therefore, one material and highly relevant contradiction exists. It is therefore plausible that many more contradictions would have been available to the defense, but the state's intentional or, neg or negligent failure to preserve all of the evidence. Such negligent and intentional conduct part of the police also result in the absence of material evidence which could be exculpatory of nature. The circumstance in its of itself violates Richard Allen's due process rights. We must, however, place such conduct in a greater and more noteworthy context. It has also been discovered that the former Rushfield police officer Todd Click reached out to the prosecutor McClellan in an attempt to bring uh, to his attention the existence of an 85-page report summarizing the investigation that revolved around Brad Holder and Patrick Westfall and other affiliates. This letter, which landed on Prosecutor McClellan's desk via certified mailing on May 1st, 2023, 
was not discovered by the defense until more than four months later on September 8, 2023. That's that's weird, man. Now, I know that there's a process that has to go through, right? The 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 mail, the letter has to go through court processing. And what that means is what is exculpatory, what is not exculpatory. If it does need to, you know, is it is it evidence that pertains to the the court or not? And and then once it's signed off and cleared, then it gets transferred over. But four months later, I think that's a little it's a little long. And again, it comes after they never, you know, law enforcement or prosecution never informed Richard Allen's, you know, attorneys that there was a possible Odinist angle that they were uh, investigating early on in this investigation. Nothing was turned over until they spoke about it, saying that they knew about it. You know what I mean? What's up, Steve? Because I experienced the loss of a handwritten confession, the recording and the transcript confession due to transcript error prior to trial. I only had my notes in the, uh, and the Miranda form several tough hours on the stand, but the jury returned a guilty verdict. Well, that's possible. You know, the, the thing is, though, I don't think that in, in your situation there, Steve, uh, there was a lot of surrounding issues. You know, the law enforcement and the prosecution wasn't hiding the fact that you know, there was another investigation like in this situation. I mean, I don't know what your situation was, but in this situation here, law enforcement or the prosecution was hiding the fact of the Odinus angle. You know, they didn't even want to, They didn't even tell them about Brad Holder or Patrick Westfall to begin with. And it may not have been because uh, and it's it's quite simple. The reason why they didn't bring it out is probably because they knew they lost the interviews. And so in an attempt that maybe perhaps that wouldn't be discovered, they never turned over the information to the defense team. But now that they found it, it looks even worse than if they would have just came forward and said, you know, we ex we suspected these individuals. We interviewed this guy. However, due to an error, this is what happened. This letter landed on the prosecutor's desk on May 1st, 2023. It was not discovered to the defense more than four months later on September 8, 2023. And only after the defense disclosed and dispositions that they were aware of the Odinus ties to the crime scene and, and the investigation. See, that's exactly what I'm saying. They, they didn't want they didn't give it up until they were the, the defense disclosed that they were aware of it. That is huge. I'm not going to lie. That is huge. That is big, especially with all the evidence that's kind of pointing into possibility of, of another direction and or more involvement. In my opinion, I think it's probably the latter, the more involvement aspect of it versus the complete non-involvement of Richard Allen. I, like I said, I, I do believe that he was there. I think he was the guy on the bridge. The timeline is too close. You know, he said that he got there at 1.30. He saw a group of girls walking out of the trail at 1.30, a group of girls that came forward described seeing a man coming into the trail at around the same time they had a picture that they took on a bench at 126 prior to leaving so there is a time stamped photo uh, relating what time it was that they walked off of the bridge putting richard allen there at 130 it's about a 13 to 15 minute walk from the entry of the bridge to the monhon high bridge you know and that would put him there around 141 to 145 or the second witness you know parks at the myers entrance and walks to the, the Mahon Bridge at 146. Now, the Myers entrance is closer to the bridge, I think, by more than half. You know, I think it's it's closer than halfway from the entrance of the bridge. If Richard Allen got there, walked to the bridge, and looked at the fish in, in the manner that he said he would, and then turned around and walked back, he would have ran into her, right? Now, she ran into the girls walking back out of that area after she saw the guy on the bridge. So, you know, all those things lead me to believe that the guy was there. You know, it's kind of hard to say that he wasn't, in my opinion. But with all this stuff here, I think it's going to it's making it it's going to make it very hard to just get a uh, I think they're going to have to come forth with something and some more evidence and maybe even a tie to, to Odinist or some Odinist tie or at least knowledge that there was Odinist group. You know, one of the one of the things that the defense team is saying is that he had no knowledge of 
what onism was and, and things like that. The failure to disclose on the part of the prosecutor, not entirely intentional, raises the level of an ultimate of untimely failure to disclose of potential exculpatory evidence. The failure to disclose sheds further suspicion of the absence of the of the holder and Westfall interviews referenced herein. Furthermore, as explained in the Franks memo, it appears that law enforcement and possibly the prosecutor himself attempted to conceal the identity of a Purdue professor who contradicts the sworn uh, words of Trooper Jerry Holman and Sheriff Tony Liggett concerning whether the crime scene contained signs of involvement of an Odinist cult. That, I mean, like I said, when you add all these little things together, it kind of does look that way. Well, they didn't want, they, they couldn't come up with the professor's name, remember? And I found that to be kind of weird and suspicious. I'm not going to lie. A more recent discovery defense also located a prepared search warrant application for AT&T and data contained for data contained for Brad Holder and Patrick Westfall's mobile devices. Each application states that Holder and Westfall is a known member of a religious sect and elements of the murder have potential religious significance. The information being requested is relevant to an ongoing criminal investigation. There is no evidence that the warrant was ever served. Really? So they don't sound good. Also, the defense has not located any discovery regarding any data contained on Holder or Westfall's 2017 phone or any electronic devices. It defies logic that law enforcement would conduct forensic examinations of so many other phones in its investigation, yet ignore the phones of Brad Holder and Patrick Westfall, who were viewed as suspects within three days of the murders and interviewed by law enforcement, who then prepared search warrants for those phones. Though these suspicious facts further call into question the circumstances surrounding the destruction of key videotaped statements of Holder and Westfall, what if ever existed and support Richard Allen's motion to dismiss the charge filed by the state of Indiana. Defendant requests a hearing at which time he can present evidence and make arguments as to why these charges should be dismissed. The defense files a contemporary here within this memorandum in support of this motion. That's the end of this one. I mean, it's some, it's some crazy, crazy accusations there. But at the very least, I think they have an argument. Uh, well, honestly, I think they got more than an argument. You know, I think they got a case. <laughs> You know, I think they got a case to to really throw a wrench into this entire investigation. Uh, this is the uh, third document that was released this is the memorandum of law and support of dismissal. 